The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM on your radio dial or 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me, Jim Mooney, my co-host, and we're talking shop. And today, as Jim's already said, it's a super safe Saturday. And it's open lines for anything you want to ask us, 520-719-1490, 520-719-1490. Winter's here, hunting season's here, holidays are here. We've got a lot of stuff to look at, and we've got a few things that we need to uh, remind you of. I call it a checkup from a neck up because I have to do it all. If I didn't do it every weekend on the radio, I wouldn't remember half of this stuff. And I've been in the business a long time. Morning, Jim. Are you with me now? I'm here, Jim. I'm here. Still, still, still working super safe Saturday. Still telling people, move over, slow down, put your phones down. Let's watch the road. You know, it's dark out there, folks. Dark in the morning. It's dark when you get up. Um, make sure you clean your windshields off. Wash your windshields and check your headlights, but wash your windshields. Make sure you can see out what's going on. People are out walking their dogs and, and riding their bikes still early in the morning, and it can be real challenging to see. So, you know, pay extra attention to riders and walkers along the side of the road. You might, just because they're should be wearing refractive material or have a flashlight in their hand doesn't mean they're gonna. Um, and people, what? the annoying thing, I, I love this because you'll be you'll be driving along and some brainchild will decide that it's it's okay to dash across Speedway Boulevard, you know, three lanes, without I mean, not in the crosswalk, right. just decide to run across the thing. You know, that'll open your eyes up to the, for when you see that first thing in the morning. So be super if aware you're when lucky, you're out there driving. It'll there. open your eyes up. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. If you're lucky, you don't want to. You know, there's there's nothing that'll 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 make your weekend go south with having to be in a crash. So, do what you can. You know, right. Just to take that extra thirty seconds to make sure that you're going to be good. Sun's coming up now, so it's going to start going to warm up today. Be a, a nice day. Hopefully, to get into the seventies without too much problem. But it's still cold out there. So, you know, if your tires, you get in your car and your tires read low. Uh, Take a look at them. 
Make sure that, that your tires are properly inflated. You drive around for five minutes and they're right. still super low, you better fill them back up. Because low tires not only are bad for the tires, but they don't they don't stop very well either because there's no there's no uh, um, contact the because of the way the a flat tire bubbles up in the center you only get basically what like an inch on each side Jerry an inch or half a half an inch of, of tread contact in the road it's pretty bad and then when you hit the brakes it just kind of distorts your tire even further. So it'll, it, and, it'll, and slide, it's just not good. And slide all over the place. Yeah, you yep. will lose control on a flat tire. So. Yep, especially that, out on the freeway. That's on the freeway. You I know, think you'll be on the side of the road changing that tire. Huh? Then you'll be on the side of the road changing that tire. Yeah, well, that's if, fun. If your, vehicle, if your vehicle has a tire... If it's got a can of sticks a flat, you may not, you may be just stuck. So um, when you're checking your you tires, I guess you might as well drink that can of fix a flat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, we say check the spare tire, but what do you do if there's no spare? Do you just look at the can of fix a flat and go, "I hope you work when I need you"? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's. I've said this over and over and over and over. If you're taking a trip, go buy a spare tire and put it in the trunk. And then you'll have a spare tire instead of a can of fixer flat. Because I be honest with you, I haven't seen that many flat tires on the side of the road that uh, wasn't destroyed. And how do you fix a destroyed, blown out sidewall and the rubber off the tire with a can of fixer flat? That never, never has made sense to me. Never. So, and it won't start now either. So, if you're getting ready to go on a trip. Uh, you can go to a salvage yard and get a tire and rim to replace it, or get a rim and replace it with a brand-new tire the same physical size as the ones that's on there. And then you'll have a tire and make sure it's got air in it. And then you're good to go. At least you have a spare, a good working spare that you can change out. Because it's tires are just like any other thing on a car. You can't predict if a tire's going to go flat because you run over a uh, construction screw in the middle of the road and it's got a slow leak on it. That you can probably use a fix-a-flat on to get you until you can get it fixed. But fix-a-flat is for a temporary fix. It's kind of like a bottle of stop leak for a radiator. It's a temporary fix, hopefully, and it'll get you to a station where you can get it fixed. So keep that in mind. You know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, yeah, look at your vehicles, and uh, this is uh, make sure that you feel comfortable when you take off on a trip. I'd like to throw a couple of items at you that you need to just pay attention to. And it's you check your automatic transmission fluid, make sure it's in good condition. Inspect your battery and battery cables. If you've got any corrosion or green or white building up on your cables, if so, you're going to have a charging issue. Uh, Check all your belts. Check all your hoses. Uh, Air filter, engine air filter is really super critical. Engine oil, of course, is super critical. If you have an oil burner and you're going on a trip, let's say you go to L.A. L.A. is about, what, 540 miles, something like that, Jim? 
something like that. And you're using a quart of oil for LA. Yeah. And and if you're if you're using a quarter oil in your engine and you know you've got a, a, a an oil user and you only get one you're down one quarter of a thousand miles and so you get over to LA that's five hundred and forty, five hundred and fifty miles, something like that. And you say, Okay, my memory tells me I'm gonna be about a half a quart right now. And so you turn around and you come back to Tucson and that's a full quart. Don't let the oil get down that low. Carrie, if you've got an oil burner, throw a couple of quarts of the regular oil that you're actually using in your engine and keep it with you in the car as your little emergency kit. Uh, and that that will help save your motor, and it also allows it to help cool itself down. Check the exhaust. For you guys that are out and you've got cab over campers on trucks, make sure that your exhaust system is not leaking. Because the exhaust system, if it leaks on the truck, it will uh, migrate up to the camper on the back of it. And there's horror stories about people who go out on a camping trip and they got the family riding in the back of the camper. And they get the camping trip and then you got two or three members of your family dead in the back of it. This is real. And uh, the lights, check all your lights. Check all your lights. Check your exhaust system. Make sure you've got no busted mufflers or anything under the bottom of that thing. If it does, get it fixed before you go or rotted out tailpipes. Most of your stuff come now with these late model cars is stainless steel, so you don't have the rust problem that we used to have. However, the mufflers around where the muffler, the exhaust pipe actually fits to the muffler, is still metal. And it does rust. And yes, you have water that goes down there. It's just a byproduct. It goes with the fuel and all of that. So you're still going to have a little bit of rust. So just have everything checked. Look at it yourself. You don't need a technician just to look at it. If it's got a bunch of rust on it and it's got a crack around where the tailpipe goes to the muffler or the header pipe goes to the muffler on the inlet to the muffler or outlet to the muffler, get the muffler replaced. You take that. Take that little worry away. Power steering fluid, always check your power steering fluid. I know it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, power steering fluid, I change it every two years. And a two-year, 24,000, it's not that big of a deal to flush a power steering system, but flush it. Uh, brake fluid is something that we just totally ignore because, I mean, that is really out of sight, out of mind. If it's working, it's okay. No, it's not. It's, it's working and it's doing its job. That's the reason it's okay. It does need to be replenished, flushed out, get the crud out of the bottom of the master cylinder that is supposed to be there, by the way, because that tells you that the fluid stuff back up to a reservoir and deposited on the bottom of the reservoir and so that stuff is setting there but everything needs to be cleaned out uh, it's recommended by the manufacturer's brake fluid that you do these things every year and manufacturers now say you can do it every two years okay you do it every two years I'm going to do mine every year um, tire inflations and conditions Look at your tires real good. <coughs> if you're sitting and you back it out on your driveway or something like that, turn the tires to the sun can see them. 
If a son can see them on the, in between the treads, the treads on the tire, then you can see them. You don't want any cracks running between the treads because that indicates it's an older tire. Look at the DOT date on it. That's that round little circle that's got four numbers in it. The first two are the week that the tire was built. The second, the week of the year. The second is the year that it was built. If you get down to around five years and you're in Arizona, one, you've, you've been very lucky with your tires. I would not take a thousand mile trip on that tire at freeway speeds on a consistent run because that's when your temperature comes up and that's when these things start to turn loose. Uh, wind shear washer fluid. You know, it may not rain in Tucson. Uh, but it rains someplace else, and probably we're the one place that you're going on vacation, it hasn't rained in eight months, and it'll wait until you get out on the road almost there, and then it'll start raining. But keep your wiper fluid in there. One, it keeps your, uh, it has a UV protection that goes up to the windshield wiper blade and keeps them working better. And it just, it, it you can actually a, a second use for the windshield wiper fluid. Put it on a regular cloth. Go around the rubber on the doors, the windows, anything that's rubber on the cars, and wipe it with the washer fluid. It's a good, cheap cleaner, and it has UV protection in it, and it cleans the dust particles on that seep through the corners of the doors and get on the rubber grommets and all that stuff, and you just wipe it down. It takes about, eh, if you're lazy and you've got a cup of coffee in one hand, it'll take you about, eh, 10 minutes maybe, and clean them off, and that allows that the rubber components to stay uh, pliable and actually do the job that seals the car up much better. Wiper blades, I shouldn't even have to say anything about wiper blades, but I will. Wiper blades can sit on your windshield and cook in a bent position. And then when you turn them on, they go, that means that the rubber's not meeting the windshield the way it's supposed to. Uh, You can take that same wiper fluid when you're doing the rubber components on your car and wipe down your wiper blades. In fact, if you did that about once a month, your wiper blades may even last over a year. And that makes a big difference. If you'll just do those on your inspection, chassis and lubrication. If you are fortunate enough to have ball joints that have grease certs on them, if it's got a grease cert on them, they are designed to be greased. They're supposed to be greased when you change your oil. But if you've got an oil change interval at 10,000 miles, which I can't get my head around whatsoever in Tucson, Arizona, um, you're supposed to lube the chassis. When you get an oil change, a lube of the chassis is supposed to go with it. That includes drive lines. If it has a grease dirt on the vehicle, it's supposed to be greased. And if you don't, that's when your ball joints are going to start popping and cracking. They're going to start freezing, and then eventually they'll just tear up. So if you'll do that and make sure that's done, and you may not do that on your inspection, but if you take it into a pit or somebody to actually do an oil service on your vehicle, that should be covered. If it's not, you ask them why. The door 
hinges on a car. You take a little bit of uh, grease or a little spray lube, whatever you want to use, and you put just a little bit on those every time you do a chassis lube or every time you do an oil change. If you get into that habit, then your door will operate better. They won't be squeaking and complaining when you open them and close them. And anything that needs lube, make sure that it's done. So you should be good to go. If you'll just check these little items, you should be able to... Uh, you should be able to make a trip pretty comfortable. That's about all you can do. And, uh, you know, as far as the engine runnability, we've got spark plugs and engines now that last 100,000 miles. I'm absolutely convinced the reason they made the spark plug to last 100,000 miles is because they're almost impossible to change now. I mean, I've seen them where you got to pull the intakes off of uh, engines to do spark plug changes. So for that, you need at least a 100,000-mile spark plug. But spark plugs are like anything else. Uh, if you have a dead cylinder or a bad cylinder or uh, an, uh, a bad spark plug for 30 days, you can actually damage your catalytic converter because it changes the mixture and the gas that goes down to the catalytic converter. You're going to have more raw gas going down. So it's... Uh, it's interesting, but these are things that, yeah, you've got an automobile. You've got a lot of moving parts. I think it's around 16, about 16,000 moving parts in this vehicle, if you count everything. I never bothered to count them all. I'll just take the guy that did's word. So if it's got lube in it, it's meant to be, it's meant to be changed, in my humble opinion. If it has anything liquid circulating in the car, it's meant to be changed. Nothing is forever. So if you don't change it, you'll wind up paying the price. And that's all I have to say about the check sheet that you need to pay attention to before you take off on the trip. I love it when Jim said, wash the windshield. I want to tell you a little story about washing a windshield. I did it on my motorhome. I had to go to Arkansas. And I thought, boy, I'm going to get some of this real nice stuff that you put on your windows to make it work like it's supposed to. So I did, and naturally, I'm, since I'm of the male species, I didn't bother reading the instructions. I thought, how complicated can it be? Well, I put the um, trick fluid on my windshield. Man, I'm I'm looking at it. Boy, that looks good. I mean, that is the catch me out. Well, it was okay until it dried. Then I read the instructions. Then I had to take that stuff off the windshield in order to apply it the way I was supposed to apply it. And when I got it on, and I'm glad I did because it rained from Wilcox, Arizona to Monticello, Arkansas. It, that's when Dallas had the floods, and we went through there and seen the houses and stuff that were almost underwater off the sides of the freeway. And that worked extremely well. So if you're going to do it, but please, please don't do it. Don't pull a jerry. Read the instructions first, then apply it, and then you'll be more happy. All right. That's all I got on that, Jim, on the vacations. You got anything you want to add to that? 
Well, there's a lot there. I'll, I'll start back at the beginning on the batteries. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you're you're talking about batteries and and you know check for corrosion on the cables, and which is really good. Although if you have a side post, checking for corrosion means taking the cables off because you can't see it, and then looking at the, the you know the old GMs with the side post, you got to take the cable off and look and look at the face to make sure that it's not corroded and. And then look at the the bolt that holds it on to make sure it's not corroded because well you know what they are <laughs> it just happens yeah um, but um, you, you know alternators you you talked about alternators briefly the um, you know the alternator is really critical to the battery system and the electrical system in general and a failing alternator or a weak alternator will give will will throw you all kinds of of Fun, fun, fun. It's all kinds of fun. So if your alternator goes, like say the regulator goes out or the the voltage regulator is not acting properly, so you get um, poor charging or erratic charging, you get the, a weird voltage yep. cycle in your, in your car. Now your computer's not acting right because it's expecting to see a constant voltage and now it sees this erratic voltage and that is just just havoc for a computer. It just doesn't know what to do. And again, Brian Fuller can could could tell this to you in with about a billion different examples. But um, I know for me, I I can tell when one fails. It's it's simple things. You know, um, usually batteries result in in poor starting, so they don't crank as good as they were. But a poor a bad battery or a, a battery that's failing could be the result of a bad alternator. Um, Lights that flicker. Or, you get that yeah. light that flickers, and all of a sudden, you know, you might not think anything about it. The LEDs are particularly sensitive to um, proper voltage, and and they can start flickering. Now, it could just be a bad light, but LEDs are pretty are pretty consistent. They're you know they're not a lot they're not a lot they don't like a filament in there that can heat up and and go out. There's just it's just basically a trans it's a diode. The light emitting diode, so it's it's very exact, and if if it reads, it it reflects exactly what it gets. So when they start flickering or they start, you know, uh, going on and off, they usually just fail. They either work or they don't work. Okay, they, when they start flickering, there's a connection issue. Um, so it could be it could be the light itself has a connection issue, but more likely it's it's an alternator that's giving you a weird voltage signal, and that light basically is telling you, hey, look, there's something going on here. Now, I could be wrong, yeah. and that light could be failing, but it, it's a it's a real simple uh, warning sign to go, hey, if I take, uh, you know, if I go call my guy up and say, hey, look, can you check my alternator, and they run a diagnostic on your alternator, on your electrical system, you know, what's it, what, how, is it charging? Is it putting out the right amperage? Is it is it putting out the right voltage? Is the voltage too high? Is the voltage too low? Uh, and because it, it can be putting out a lot of amps, that might be putting out wrong, completely wrong volts because of the way the regulators are set up. If the battery mm-hmm. itself is poor, it can be telling the alternator the wrong information. I, I know this sounds crazy, but a bad battery will make an alternator look bad because the alternator requires proper voltage to work properly. And so they they work in unison. They work together. You get one that goes bad, the other one's going to look bad. If you replace one item, and the other one will come back right. up. Or you get one, like the alternator, if it, if it goes bad, your battery can look bad 
or be really discharged, or it can just be it, it can it can take out the the battery itself because it's it, you let it discharge now it's down below fifty percent of the charge, it won't work anymore, you know the battery won't hold the proper charge, uh, you know it's two years old, it's been in Tucson, Arizona, it already survived two summers at one hundred and forty nine degrees under the hood or two hundred and twelve degrees under the hood. Um, so it, it, it was, it was living on borrowed time anyways. I know it says it's a five year battery. Pretty tough to get one today the last five years. You gotta, I mean, you really gotta win the lottery on that. If you get one the last five years, you are doing great. I never get one the last five years. Um, and I've tried every brand out there, folks. <laughs> but by the way, there's only about four battery manufacturers in the world. They just all have different names. But, um, I've tried them all. Yep. They, uh, <laughs> they, they, they fail. Um, and and poor alternators can can cause them to fail quicker, but also bad batteries can make an alternator look weird, and you know and can cause it issues as well. So now that since we're driving computers bad. on wheels, is, that's what we have. Um, those that voltage is super super critical, and that's why battery mm-hmm. maintenance is critical. Um, Cleaning of the batteries, you know, checking it. If you don't want to do it, because batteries are nasty. They're, you know, if if the battery's, you know, seeping, you know, if it's if it's if it's got, you know, um, uh, vapor around it, or if it's got, you know, it looks like it's it's wet around the around the case, uh, you're probably getting near the end. Because that normally a normal battery doesn't doesn't um, exude a lot of its of its acid so, until it gets ready to supernova, gets ready to explode. So. That's just, it's super. Those are things yep. to check. And then well, on, you, uh, another thing you can do on a battery, it, you can check the case to see if the case has anything where it's swollen on the case on either one uh, in uh, either side or the ends on them. I've seen them where they come out. You'd have one swell part of the case which is distorted from the square battery that you're looking at or whatever the battery design is, but you're concerned about the sides of the battery. <laughs> and Jim's right. Batteries do not leak. If you come up with all this stuff on top of the uh, battery, you can actually measure that with a meter. And they're not supposed to leak. And if they're like that, then you need to take a closer look. But you also need to remember that everything on a uh, vehicle is based on ground connections. So if you've got a bad ground or weak ground, it's not doing its job. That will cause you to have a a charging issue. You can have a bad serpentine belt or a weak or bad V-belt or weak or bad serpentine belt. And it'll also slide around the alternator and not turn the alternator up to the speed that it needs to do its job. Now, they got away from a generator and went to an alternator because of the speed that the alternator versus the generator has to turn before it starts working. Alternator works 10 times better than a, an old generator. And but it's it's just what they've done to try to improve it. But battery life in Tucson is uh 24 to 30 months on the average now. Uh so why buy a 5-year battery? Go ahead and get you one with a, a three-year battery with a 100% replacement if it goes out prior to that. And that seems to work out really well. It's working out well for our clients anyway. And uh, it's just 
but if you stay on top of your maintenance on these vehicles, and when you take it in for an oil service, they'll check all of this stuff for you. I know Parker Automotive does it over at 5101 uh, East Speedway. Parker checks it. Simmons checks it. Uh, automotive specialist checks them. And we make sure that you don't have any boogers coming up, especially after we've been on the hood on it. We want to make sure that we keep you educated to what your vehicle's doing. You may want to change a battery yourself. Remember, when you change a battery yourself, it's normally because the battery's dead. Why did the battery go dead? You know, hey, I'm one of those guys, when I was younger, you get a dead battery, you go get one, put it in, fire it up. Then 30 days later, it's out again, and you're scratching your head going, what happened? Well, the alternator on this one wasn't doing its job. I mean, the, uh, yeah, and they, it just wasn't performing the way it's supposed to. But ground arounds, ground around with this electronic world that we call under the hood of a car is super critical, absolutely super critical. If you don't have a good ground, the, the electronic system starts looking for a ground. I've seen them where they ground out in a water hose running down beside of the engine block because it's right up against the engine block. And it says, okay, I'll pull the ground from here. You could actually measure the current inside the water system. So, you know, it's 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 just something that you need to uh, stay on top of. And good preventive maintenance will keep that car running good for you. It increases the resale value of the car as long as you can have all the proof that you've done all this stuff. It increases the resale value. It gives you a better, more dependable vehicle. Don't forget your brake fluid. Brake fluid, that it does its job, but don't forget to change it. It's not, it will not last forever. I get tired of people telling me, oh, this is forever. You get this, it will last forever. No, it won't. No, it won't. After 47 years in business, trust me, it will not do it forever. Fuller will tell you that at Automotive Specialists. Uh, Scott or Mike Parker would tell you at the Parker Automotive, no, it doesn't work that way. And by the way, Parker Automotive can do anything you want to do to your vehicle as far as mechanical. They even carry a, uh, a brand of tires that they can set you up with. Parker Auto Automotive, 5101 East Speedway. Phone number is 520-323-1960. Mike Parker owns that thing. He's been around. I've known him for years. Absolutely an excellent shop over on Speedway. They are closed on Saturday and Sunday because he likes for his technicians to come back in Monday fresh and ready to go get it again like Simmons. And, of course, Brian Fuller works, I think, seven days a week now because he can't keep caught up. But Brian is a good shop. At Automotive Specialist, also, he's on the west side at 3611 West Iner Road in the Bookman's Plaza. Brian's business phone is 520-572-1734. 520-572-1734. Brian's personal sale is 520-237-3852. Five two zero two three seven thirty eight fifty two, and they can handle it. Parker Automotive phone number on the east side, Midtown, is five two zero three two three eight 
323-323-1960. I will take my vehicles to either one of these shops. And my my shop, uh, they, they make me go in last behind everybody else. But it was my policy that set in the reason they do that. And so if I have a breakdown or I have something that I've got to have right now, not two weeks from now, uh, I can call Parker or Automotive Specialists and see if I can get a break in their traffic. You know, may have to drop it off and they work it in, but that's better than, you know, not running at all. Merrill's Automotive, merrillsautomotive.com. Merrill's Automotive has been around a long time. They had a couple of names before that, but they, they're Merrill's Automotive right now. Um, they've got places all over the state of Arizona. They, you can go to MerrillsAuto.com, and that'll give you an uh, address of a store closest to you in Tucson. They've got about 10 stores in Tucson. They've also got them in Sierra Vista behind the Sierra Suite Hotel. They've got them in Marinci, got them in Globe, got them in Casa Grande, Green Valley. And they make daily runs to the big wirehouse over here on Dodge Boulevard, which is the main main show. And they have foreign, domestic, and 18-wheeler parts. And they also have white box parts, which is OEM. So you have an option of what you want to do. They also have equip, equipment, tools, everything, additives, everything. And the thing that I like about it is the counter people are knowledgeable. They can, If you can almost describe it, they can probably come up with what you're actually asking for. And I've seen them research stuff that was no longer available and actually come up with it. It may be from Florida. It may be from Pennsylvania. It may be from L.A. But they, they're they real good about tracking stuff down that you absolutely cannot find. And that works well for Merrill's Auto. Can't say enough about them. They also have that machine shop over on West Ajo, 15 West Ajo, 520-807-4010. Five twenty eight oh seven forty ten. They have machine shop service on Saturday. They do rotors, flywheels, and drums. If you need, if you're doing your do-it-yourselfer and you need this type of service, give them a call. Make sure they can get you in and out so you don't have your vehicle down for the weekend. In fact, recommendation: make sure when you're working on your cars on a weekend, and that car is the same one to get your hind end to work on Monday morning, that you have the part before you down it. If the part's broken, you don't have an option. If that part, you're just doing a little preventive maintenance, make sure you can get your hands on this part that you're going to replace the other one that you think might be going bad but still got a little bit of life in it. Uh, make sure you have your parts before you take this thing apart because, one, if you can't get the part after you've taken it apart, uh, then the only option you have is go back in there and put that thing together, and that will screw up a weekend, not just a day, but a weekend, because you're going to spend most of Saturday trying to find the part that's not available, and then after you spend all day long chasing parts, then you say, I'll put it back together Sunday, and hopefully I'll get everything back together the way it come off so that I can drive it on Monday. So that's just a little word of caution. And that happens more than you realize, especially with the parts availability right now. So don't assume just because it did four years ago, you get the part that you can today because it doesn't work like that. LensAutoBrokerage.com. If you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, LensAutoBrokerage.com. Go ahead. It's got a nice website. You can easy to navigate. 
<clears throat> excuse me, if you want to kick a tire, go to 2101 North Stone Avenue, kick a tire. Phone number is 520-628-7500. 520-628-7500 is the phone number at Lens Auto Brokerage over on North Stone. And DesertRV.com. DesertRV.com specializes in toy haulers and RVs, pull-behinds, fifth wheels, whatever you want. Go to the website, DesertRV.com. Take a look and see what he's got available. I know that there's guys out there like I used to. I'd get ready to go hunting. I think, boy, I'd like to have a little pop-up camper. And so I'd start looking for him. Well, DesertRV.com has got a combination of everything. And he's got the same philosophy that he has at Lens Auto Brokerage. If you want a something that they don't have, tell them and let them find it for you. And they work real good. They'll call you back and say, no, Jerry, this is not available right now. Okay, but we'll keep looking. And, you know, so let them do their finger work through the yellow pages while you go out and do things like wash the car and take care of it and do other things on a weekend and enjoy your weekend so you're ready to go back to work on a Monday morning. So... With that, we will go back to the regular programming stuff. And, Jim, what would you like to discuss now, buddy? We've covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything you want to reiterate on or add to or something that I've missed? No, you've got to You know, Jerry, for being off a week, of course you've done this a long time, but, boy, you're right on it today. Um, I was going to say about the windshield wipers. Um, so you, you were you were making a comment about washer windshield, um, and then you you talked about using the the washer fluid to wipe the wind the windshield wipers down with, which is a really good mm-hmm. idea. People, you know, underestimate how how important the windshield wipers are, and um, you know, in in Arizona they well they glue to the glass. If you haven't used yours yep. all summer, you can rest assured it will be glued to the glass. And I didn't know this until somebody showed it to me years ago, um, how how oxidation builds up on on a windshield wiper. So oh, you gosh, take, yes. take a little bit of Yeah, you build a, you take a little of the of the cleaning, you know, the windshield wiper fluid and you put on a rag and you can wipe off your your windshield washer or your windshield wiper. Very, very effective. Yeah, but you don't... I mean, you would... Don't wait until they roll over on the windshield. You need to do it on a regular basis. So if they do, they'll set and they'll show a little a bend when they make contact with the windshield. But if you keep the wiper fluid on them uh, and, and give it a chance, when you, they start to work, then they'll work like they're supposed to instead of going across sideways and rolled up. And it also adds life to the windshield wiper. And I don't know it if does. you've had the privilege of buying a good set of windshield wipers lately, but those son of a guns are expensive now. Really? They're just like everything else. So. And and one of the but things you that, do that. Yeah. And, Go and ahead, Jim. One of the things that's really one of the things that that people like I was saying is one of the things that you miss is is the windshield wiper when you actually you know roll it up and you take a look at it. You get to look at it, and 
folks, I'm going to tell you, when, when you look, start looking at it and you start wiping it down and you realize that it's separated in three spots, that is your cue to mm-hmm. stop right there, take it off, and put a new one on because it isn't going to last much longer. If, like Jerry says, if you see the corner sure. of a roll, you already know it's not going to work. Now, I went to Phoenix the other day and came back, and um, I noticed that uh, in the rain, it, you know, I, the windshield wipers wouldn't go, would not go fast enough. There was so much water on the windshield, I still couldn't see. So, if the windshield wipers are bad, not only can you not see, it's not cleaning them off, and you really can't see. So, now you're just asking, you're, you're driving slow, you're stri- hopefully you're driving slow, don't, don't speed up. <laughs> when you're driving slow, you know, and you still can't see, the likelihood of you having a crash goes up exponentially. It really does. So we're talking, and I know you you take you you look at the you go into Merle's and you ask him for windshield wipers, you know, and they're twenty five dollars each, and you're just like, wow, they used to be you know eight, well now they're twenty five, um, uh, and it's fifty bucks. Fifty dollars is way better than a crash. So I'm just telling you, fifty bucks oh, yeah. is way better than a crash. So. I know, I know you might cringe and and complain and whine and 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 you know do all the do all the 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 native dances of of of, of how unfair it is, but fifty bucks is still way cheaper than a crash, and and the time, just like you, Jerry said, there's you're finding the stuff today is is not not very not very easy. I've known people, and you can all. The guy over at the uh, Ina Road uh, collision asked Javier up there, hey, how long does it take for you to repair a car? Well, it takes me as long as it is to get parts. Sometimes it's two or three months. Now, how is $50 right. worth three months? You know, you start asking yourself, is $50 worth three months? I don't know anybody that would say, I will gladly pay 50 bucks not to lose my car for three months. There's nobody that I know that would say, right. "Oh, I'll trade my car down for for fifty bucks." So, it's it's, well, it's just with a simple with the infl- like with the inflation rate with the inflation rate on on the way it is right now, uh, and you're and you own an automobile and you have the inflation rate, and they say, "Well, the gas price, you know, it's only up, blah blah blah." Yeah, it's doubled. However. You take in consideration that if you still go to the grocery store, your inflation rate up, and they say, well, the inflation rate right now, I think, is around 10%. Uh, yeah, that's for some people. That may be an average, but some of them, they don't drive as much. They don't, uh, they don't go out to eat. Uh, you know, they're in home a little bit more. Uh, their inflation rate's going to be a little less than the person that's working on a daily basis uh goes goes to work, works eight hours, takes a break at noontime, goes out and pays eighteen dollars for a hamburger. And but anymore automotive and the automotive repair industry has been based on the economy since I've been in the automotive repair industry. And it's taken a lot of years to actually explain that if you do, just like Scott over at Parker Automotive says, if you do a little bit of maintenance all time, 
it doesn't burn as bad as it does when that vehicle decides, okay, I'm quitting. I'm going to call. I want you. I want you to call Frontier Towing. Have me picked up. You deliver it to Parker or Automotive Specialists or Simmons, whatever part of town you're from, and. I'm going to be there until I get done. I'm not concerned about what you're going to do. Since I wasn't in a wreck, therefore, you're going to have to rent a car or you're going to have to find another uh, point of transportation because it is going into one of these shops and it's going to be unannounced. It's going to roll in on a truck. And now you're down. Your time's got to be worth something. Mine is. And that's the reason I make that little extra effort to try to get mine in and keep them serviced so that I don't have that big surprise. And if you'll keep that vehicle serviced the way it's recommended under severe duty, keep that vehicle serviced. And when you have an oil change, have an oil service. There's a difference between an oil change and an oil service. I've covered this before. An oil change, you drain the oil, you put a uh, pull the filter off, put a new filter on, fill it back up with oil. Uh, I know a lot of the places now, these little quick loop places, are starting to say, oh, we check your air filter, and you need an air filter. Some of them are even checking cabin air filters now, okay? But they're still not doing the investigation on the car. They're not checking the battery. They're not looking at your tires. They're not checking the undercarriage. They're not checking the muffler exhaust system or any lights that may have come on intermittently. We can, If it's an intermittent light, we can tap into the system and actually pull up the codes that are stored there. Uh, so if you're going in for an oil change, I told you they, they drain the oil, they put a filter on it, they may check the air filter, and they put oil back in it, they slap it on the bumper and send it on the way. If you take it into a qualified shop like a uh, Parker Automotive or Automotive Specialist or Simmons or whoever you're using that you feel good and comfortable with, when they do an oil change, it comes with an inspection. And I have heard this. They say, the only reason you did an inspection is so that you can hose me with additional repairs that I don't need. That's not true. That's, I, don't, I don't know any garage that has been around more than five years or three years, and some of them 15 minutes, that's going to do that. They're going to give you an honest view. And it, it, an honest view means that, oh, you can have a copy of the uh, check sheet that my technician did. I'll, I'll tell you what he did because a lot of people still do work on their vehicles. And if it's checked out by a technician, a certified tech, Somebody's been under there. He may spot something that you haven't had a chance to even find. And now say, oh, okay, I can do that. That's fine. At least you know, and at least we're keeping you on the road or assisting you in keeping you on the road. All you're doing is putting another set of eyes on that vehicle, a qualified set of eyes on the vehicle to help you stay out with a dependable, safe vehicle. So that's a reason for that. That's just customer service. So, all right, Jim, what else you got, old big guy? Yeah, you know, and, and you're absolutely right, Jerry. When when you take it to, when and when you're working on your car yourself, and trust me, I do it, The um, if you work on a car a little bit, your car, you become familiar with it. But if you go to your neighbor's car or, you know, some other vehicle, 
you don't know all the pitfalls that are about to, you're about to encounter when you start working on it. A guy that does it for a living has already been there. He already learned the hard way yep. that, hey, you know what, if you take off this first, taking off that second is a lot easier. You, there, there's a certain procedure for doing it. Oh, by the way, yep. uh, I took this off and I broke it. I broke I broke the the I broke the connector because I didn't know how to take it off and and trust me we have cars today there are electrical connectors there's thousands of literally like Jerry said with grounds there's a thousand grounds on a vehicle today that you don't know about and unless you're unless you've done yep. this for a while you don't know how to take it off now after you've done it and broke it and fixed it you'll know the second time that is a bad way to learn. <laughs> and the reason why I know this is because I've done that. I broke it. You know, oh, I, I can do this, you know. Because why ask questions? Because I'm like Jerry. You know, I'm from the male species. I don't ask questions. I don't ask for directions, you know. Uh, and then, you know, what I've learned over time <laughs> that, you know, asking questions can be really, really helpful sometimes. Hey, do you know, if I do this, will this happen? Yes. And don't do that. Specifically, that's a bad idea. Stop what you're doing. You don't know what that you're going to have a problem. Oh, by the way, you need this special tool to check this. Oh, and by the way, your code reader isn't going to tell you this. You need really specific software so that you can see what's happening. Well, it says there's no code. I know what it says. It's lying to you because it only sees there's no code because it didn't really look into this thing to tell you what's wrong. Again, that's where guys that do this for a living understand. And when when they look at it and go, oh yeah, dude, we've seen this before. You tried, you did this, this, and this, and this is what happened. Yeah, how'd you know? Well, because I've done it a million times and I've seen this before. So, <laughs> don't get me wrong, work on your cars, but if you think you're going to get beyond your skill set, stop, stop, I mean, just stop right there because the the money you could spend with somebody else who can fix it really, can fix it quickly, correctly. It's way less than you fixing the screw-up that you're going to fix. I mean, I don't know what it costs for, an, for a, a wiring harness for a, for a vehicle, but I know it's not cheap. And you know what? I know it's not small. A, a simple wiring harness today right. is very evasive. It, a, an engine harness doesn't, isn't just go from the old, like the old days, from the alternator to the dashboard or to the you know to the ignition to the ignition circuit. No, it's got seventy three thousand wires, forty three grounds. Um, it's it's got twenty nine connectors. Oh, by the way, there are where you can't reach them, and you have to push it just right to get it to release. Oh, there's a special tool to release that. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, yeah, that's why that's why we buy this stuff so we can take them off properly without snapping them. Oh, it's been under the hood for for fifteen years. Try and take it off without breaking it because it's already it's already so heat uh, cooked that touching it it's going to break. <laughs> Which I mean, did I miss it, Jared? Did I miss any of the points? So no, you're you're on. right on target. You know, <laughs> in automotive repair, there's no substitute for experience, and these guys spend a lot of time in updating their knowledge. Like all time, we have. Five computers in my shop. We have one that does nothing but technical. That's all it does. You know, everything that we can come up with on a car, this thing has got a reference to it. And when you do that, 
it takes time. And it, Brian Fuller said one time on an O2 sensor, he said, a lot of people are placing O2 sensors. He said, did you know there's 20, about, about 20 different areas that you've got to check to prove that an O2 sensor is either working or not, and it's truly an O2 sensor. And it, you, all of these have to be checked in order to get a proper diagnostic. And Brian is Mr. Test First, Don't Guess. And boy, I'm telling you, that is just absolutely the thing. This, don't start replacing parts till you know what it is. And then if you have just like a battery, like we were discussing earlier, if a battery goes bad, why? Is it 36 months old? Is it 30 months old? And the average life is 24 to 30? Maybe it's time. Or is the alternator, the diodes in the alternator bad? Uh, now you've got alternators that only charges when the battery requires it to be charged. So you got variable operations. You got clutches on the front of the alternators and all sorts of stuff now. So it's, uh, you, you have to find out, okay, fine. We know it's broke. That's a, that's a given. Why? And in automotive diagnostics, you're supposed to ask yourself five times why. You find something, why? Why? You always ask why. Kind of like a five-year-old. Eat your peas. Why? <laughs> and they will ask you about 20 times why. But um, in automotive in a tech class, they told us that you do, you ask yourself five times why. And by the time you get to the fifth one, you're either going to be so busy that you have found the problem, or maybe you need to ask six times why. But always ask yourself why. Why is it doing this? Why is it not doing this? What are the contributing parts to this system? I just went through it with my brother back on the East Coast with the EGR system. And he checked everything, replaced the EGR twice and stuff. And I said, look, go to the very start of that EGR system and find the tube that actually feeds the rest of the system and make sure that that tube is actually clean. He said, well, I looked down the end of it. <coughs> And I said, most of your debris and stuff on that EGR tube is going to be picked up down at the exhaust port at the manifold where most of the heat is. It'll go down and it'll stick right there. And so he called me last night and told me that he had used a some kind of a reamer. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was. It was a piece off another car that uh, had a metal insert in it. <coughs> Excuse me. But he was able to go in, and he got almost to the bottom of that length of tubing, and then he had a, a stoppage. And so he started pounding on it, and finally he got it to break loose. And then his vehicle run fine, and it set no more codes for the UGR. So, <coughs> excuse me. So it's it's all in a matter of you got to. It's more to it. If a part fails, parts do fail, don't get me wrong. But you need to pretty much know did the part fall, fail on its own or did something assist it. So reading a computer code or reading a code on a code reader that comes off a car gives you a start point. That's it. That's it. The diagnostic page for something like that 
um, can run on forever and ever and ever and ever. We did one on the Chevrolet truck. It took seven hours to follow the diagnostic chart in order to come up with a bad ground. So now, you know what we do. We get one in and the gauges acting stupid. We start with a ground around. We start with that. And that only covers down at about the sixth position. And, uh, but we've cured more by starting with the ground around on these electronic cars, especially if you live on a rough road or dirt road, cause you're shaking the crap out of the whole car. And then what tickles me is you see the guy that has, it lives on a washboard road and then he goes down the road about 50 mile an hour cause the faster you drive, the smoother it is. And I said, if you ever seen the suspension operation, with that shock treatment you've got going at that speed, you probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> it loosens up everything. It breaks shock brackets, everything. So if you live on a dirt road, you're going to have more problems than a guy that don't live on the dirt road. I'll put it that way, too, and that's a fact. Anyway, Jim, we're about ready to wrap up the hour, buddy. What have you got you want to add to anything for driving, driving safe, um, uh, maintenance, uh, you know, anything. Well, it's, I mean, we covered a ton of stuff today, and uh, I'm only going to wrap it up here in two minutes. But um, nevertheless, um, let's uh, let's uh, let's do a super safe Saturday, folks. Uh, put down your phones, and <laughs> don't play with the don't play oh. with the the, the GPS. You know, tell the keep the kids sitting down. Watch for the pedestrians. Watch for the bicyclists. Oh, please watch for the bicyclists out there. They they can be a lot of them out there now. Havocing. Yeah, there are a lot of them out there. Get ready oh. for that tour in a couple weeks. Um, also, oh, you got a rotters. Always... Yeah, you got a you got a rotters hot rod show out at the Kino Sports Park this morning. Starts about ten o'clock, runs through two o'clock. Now, if you've never been to one of those, they have anywhere from 300 to 500 vehicles. And it starts at 10 o'clock, and it runs till 2. And they got everything there. So, uh, and that's available today for the guys that are not playing golf or riding horses or something like that. All right. Well, we have went through two hours already. And I hope you learned something, if nothing more than... Just maintain your cars. Maintain them under severe duty um, time frames.